Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. The Danny Mac Show with BK. Podcast powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac with BK. Hey, we're on the air, BK. Do you know that? I knew that, yeah. Okay. Are you going to focus now? How are we doing, Dan? I'm doing great. Are you going to focus now? I'm focused and here with you both in mind and spirit. That's what I like to hear. It's the Tuesday edition Danny Mac Show. That is BK. Tanner is with us as well. The Air Comfort Service text line, if you want to jump in, we always check those out at 65780. And uh, by judging from the text line, we have listeners all over the place. Do you see they were asking where you're listening? It scares the hell out of me, Dan. Every time that (laughs) somebody says, like, they're a listener of the show, I'm like, wait, why? I don't realize how many listeners are actually listening to our station until I find out from something like what the morning show just did. Oh, there's a lot of people that listen to Absolutely. this. Absolutely. Tons of people are listening, which yeah. is great. I'm with you, though. I heard what you were saying in the crossover. If yeah. you put me into a room with 15 people that are staring at me, whether it be giving a speech or just whatever, right? Yeah. I clam up. I'm like, I can't do this. And meanwhile, there's thousands of people listening right now. And I'm like, okay, this is fine because it's just the three of us in this room, right? That's how this works. So when you're doing your presentation and you got 50 or 500 or 1,000 people, you get instantaneous reaction by body language and facial reaction. Um, But when we do something stupid here, we just kind (laughs) of look at each other and go, really? Come on. And it's we just, just me and my on. three buddies. We're right. just sitting here talking about sports. But everybody else out there is going, really, with these guys? <laughs> Shut up. No, they don't. They know that we're going to give them the best that we have every single That's day. That's all we can do, Dan. How about the Cardinals last night? Went about as well as you could expect. Now, there are some things I'm going to get into that need to improve. Early trends with this team. But they needed a good start out of Daniel Ponce de Leon, and they got it. Five innings, three hits, one walk, struck out three. Over 60% of his pitches went for strikes. The amazing thing, 83 of 93 pitches were fastballs, so that's about 90%. Mike Schilt on his starter yesterday. We want to get that five innings out of our starter, so... You know, we can manage to get through the through four, you know, asking more of that, you know, starts to tax them a little bit. You know, obviously we're, we're you know, we don't need to stop at five, but um, we feel we felt really good about Ponce giving us a solid five innings and we'll get those guys into the sixth and seventh before you know it. Yeah, it's pretty tough when you have Jordan Hicks coming in in the middle of games, which will be the case for a while as he edges closer to being the closer. Took him 13 pitches. Gallegos went two innings, 26. Divided by two, that's 13. Alex Reyes, 13 pitches. That's efficient. That's what you want from your bullpen. It is. That's exactly what you want. And you know what I loved last night was seeing Gallegos go multiple innings. He was super efficient with his pitches, so he was able to do so. Last year, he only had one outing where he went two full innings. This year, already in the first four games of the season, he's gone two full innings. I kind of like the look of that. I know we've talked a lot about Alex Reyes being that multi-inning fireman. This team has a few guys that at least can profile potentially as being that. We've seen Miller do that in the past. We saw Gallegos do it last night. Reyes can do it. I think Cabrera, when he has his command, can do something like that. 
some really interesting possibilities for what Mike Schilt can do with these pieces that he has. I thought they were going to flip-flop it last night. I actually mentioned that during the game. I thought we would see Gallegos give you one, and then Reyes would give you multiple innings. Tanner now, texted me the same thing. He thought they would do that. The thing that maybe it tells me is that Alex Reyes is molding himself into the closer early oh, season yeah role and that means he's there for the ninth inning now does that mean he wouldn't go multiple innings no however when i saw multiple out of gallegos i'm thinking hmm okay maybe this is the way that they're going now a disturbing trend for me was the strikeouts and the cardinals are striking out a lot in their lineup that has got to improve they had 13 strikeouts last night in their lineup so that's something to think about moving forward. They've got Sandy Alcantara tonight. He strikes out a ton, so we'll see how they uh, handle him. It's very, very tough. John Gant will go for the St. Louis Cardinals. You can see the game on Valley Sports. Now, Ponce, really good. And the thing I was concerned about, I think, when you just look at his career path, has been can he throw strikes? And last night, for the most part, he did. Well, I didn't I didn't uh, first base it off the previous starters to th- go deeper. I just, you know, that's a goal throughout the season is try to go deep in the games. As a starting pitcher, that's what you want to do. How did I prepare? Uh, the, you know, me and Mad Dog, we've been talking about it, you know, pretty much all spring. Is uh, When I get to two strikes, you know, uh, I'm pretty good. So the goal is to get to two strikes as quickly as possible. He's got that little extra giddy-up, and he can pitch up in the zone with his fastball. He did that last night. Tommy Edmond had a front-row seat to watch him. As middle infielders, we definitely make sure to uh, look in to Yachty's signs on every pitch um, so we know what's coming. And Ponce has such a great fastball, and those guys just weren't doing anything with it. So... Um, obviously, he just kept throwing it and did a great job of, of uh, putting it in places where they weren't able to hit. So the one thing, though, that I'm seeing, and it's a trend in baseball, we talked about it a lot, a lot in the offseason. Starters not going deep. So what's that telling you? When you've got these relievers in the first four games pitching in the fifth and the sixth, in some cases even earlier than that, you're going to have to have depth. So that, that concerns me a little bit by how much you're going to lean on bullpen guys now, if they're efficient, you can get away with it like they did last night. Should be rested, ready to go tonight. Um, but the other part is the strikeouts in the lineup, and that has to improve. I'm okay with my fourth or fifth starter going five innings. Yeah. I, what, what you saw from Daniel Ponce de Leon last night is peak Daniel Ponce de Leon. You're not going to see a whole lot better than that from him. You shouldn't expect a whole lot more from John Gant tonight than what you saw last night. What it does, though, is it puts even more pressure on your first three starters. And we knew that coming into the year. You got to get depth from Jack Flaherty, from Adam Wainwright. When KK returns, he's got to give you some of that. So it, my fourth and fifth starter, you go five innings, give up a couple of earned runs. That's kind of what I'm hoping for moving forward. It's more about what I get for my first three starters. That's got to get better moving forward. Um, I was watching the Padre game late last night. Uh, oh, boy. Four games in to $340 million and a shoulder that is popping out of place. And if he has surgery, we're talking about Fernando Tatis Jr. I was reading the San Diego Union Tribune this morning. They had a, a doctor that had been the Chargers doctor for Dr. some Chow. Yeah, for like 20, 25 years, whatever it was. And he said, look, if he has surgery to clean this thing up, it can be fixed, but he's probably done for the year. How about that? That is problematic for the Padres. It's been recurring. That's, That's the, the biggest thing. issue is this is something that has been happening for a while now. I think it's I think I saw it stated back to like 2017 yes. was when this first started for Fernando Tatis Jr. Probably a little bit of an indicator as to why he wanted to get a deal done early on in his career. Also, maybe goes to your point of why you were concerned about signing this deal so early for Fernando Tatis. 
Listen, it's it, the risk on both sides, no it doubt. It stinks. It stinks because he's one of the best young players. For my money, the most exciting young player in the sport. And now you could be without him for a while. But it also goes to show why all offseason, I was saying, I think a lot of people were saying, maybe you were, this is why the Cardinals, they're not that far off from some of these teams. If you get a couple of bad breaks, whether it be injuries or the ball just bounces the wrong way for a team like the Padres or the Dodgers or the Braves, suddenly the Cardinals are right there in the mix. And if you're comparing one-to-one the Cardinals versus the Padres lineups today, it's not that far out when you remove Fernando Tatis Jr. from what they were building out there. It stinks for the Padres. It stinks for baseball. Your Cardinals fan today, though, your team is a little closer to one of the top competitors in the National League. Some of the storylines early on in baseball we're going to get into with David Schoenfield of ESPN. That would probably be number one on my list. Number two, I got my fingers crossed, knocking on wood. We're going to see the Nationals playing tonight. Nationals are coming to St. Louis next week. Nationals hit by COVID and some big names potentially not a part of the Nationals. That's of concern. The return of Tony La Russa. It's been weird for me to watch him manage with number 22 on the back. Got the face mask. It's the same old Tony in there. But, man, is it weird seeing him in a different uniform. Is it weird for you? It, it is for me. It is, but it's been so long. I think the, the strange part is just seeing him back in the dugout like regardless of what uniform he was wearing it's seeing him back as a manager again has been strange yeah a couple other things i want to get into then we'll head to a break blues look terrible last night i'm sure you're going to get into that with alex and uh where did you finish in our bracket here at 101 espn so i have some bad news there uh i think i know the answer but i want to hear it from the horse's mouth here so i finished dead last but it wasn't by virtue of me dead last filling out the like a, a horrible bracket it was by virtue of me not saving my bracket uh which has been an issue that i've been known for wait a minute yeah i watch you on the computer yeah, I'm a wizard, and I just... Dude, you're with it. And I, I figured out how to enter my ballot, and that you That was didn't? maybe the most surprising thing that has ever happened in the history of 101 ESPN. That I did? That you not only filled out the bracket, but you saved it correctly. Yeah. You were on top of your game. No big deal. <laughs> and you didn't. Failed miserably. BK. Now, to be fair, I would have finished dead last even if I did fill out the bracket that I had on all of my ESPN bracket challenges. It went really poorly for me. But, but we had a, um, an office pool where you get two teams that they assigned to you. I, I picked two teams and based on the point spreads, I'm not going to bore everybody with the details, but I ended up getting to the championship game last night. I don't care about that. I had Gonzaga won myself basically the money for a new grill, Dan. Oh, nice. nice. Oh, uh, nice. Okay. They got their butt whipped, but I won enough money to get myself a new grill. So That's I'll all that matters. It. So Baylor looked awfully good last night. Wow. I heard that rumors have it. Danny Mack was a big fan of this Baylor Bears team. Love the Baylor Bears. Love them. They got pros. I just thought. The athleticism on display last night was absurd. I watched a lot of their games this year, and I was like, how could anybody in college basketball beat these guys? I mean, honestly. I mean, And they showed it last night because I thought if anybody could, after watching Gonzaga and how efficient they were offensively to get through to the Final Four. Now, the Final Four game against UCLA showed some of the the warts in the armor, if you want to look at it that way. But generally speaking, they were mauling teams with efficiency. And uh, last night, Baylor's athleticism just shut that down. It was over. Over. And it could have been a lot worse after the first 20 minutes. Should have been. That vital kid? Mm. Eight offensive rebounds. 
And it was not a fluky eight offensive boards. He was outworking people yep. and out muscling people underneath. And that was probably the biggest shock to me was I thought that Gonzaga, because they're a three point shooting team, they, they play outside in. I thought they would be able to get their shots. They had no chance. And within five minutes, it's very rare that this is the case. But within five minutes of that game, you knew, oh, this is just not going to happen for Gonzaga. They don't have a chance against this team. Have you seen the documentary on the Baylor Bears? I think it was on Showtime. I have not, but on their previous history. Yeah. Yeah. This has got to be one of the greatest coaching jobs in the history of college basketball to take a program that, I mean, this isn't about recruiting. This is about life and death, literally, and where they were. It was terrible. One of the teammates shot another teammate. Yeah. And And the program was in turmoil for about six years after that. They ended up losing, I believe it was six scholarships. You get 13 as a program. So this was basically a a half-death penalty for their basketball program in the middle of Scott Drew's tenure there. And he not only recovered, but made it into one of the best programs in the country. Yeah. the, The documentary is unbelievable how deep they go into this with the former coach interesting the families of those that were affected by the death of the player the cover-up i mean it it is scary so we're not talking about somebody giving you you know here's a couple grand to go play or 150,000, whatever i mean this is about a guy getting murdered and then all of a sudden trying to bring back your basketball program and he wins the national championship i mean in terms of where that was and he's he took that thing over at that time He's the next guy. And Mm -hmm. then to win a national championship. Holy cow. And he only had one year of coaching, head coaching history prior to that at Valpo. And then he goes on to have so much success at Baylor. It's it's an incredible story. And if you saw him last night after the game, he he looked like he was either giving a sermon or cutting a WWE promo. You could go either direction with Scott Drew. Um, And if you were wondering like why all of that emotion was coming out in that moment, it's what you're talking about. The history of what they've been through at Baylor in his time. That's what you saw on full display after the game last night. It's incredible. It's one of the great coaching jobs in the history of, of really college sports to be able to come from that to do what he did last night. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Jordan Hicks last night with an inning, no hits, struck out one. Three of his 13 pitches touched 100 miles per hour, so he's starting to throw well. Mentioned Giovanni Gallegos. Two scoreless innings, took 26 pitches, and then you had Alex Reyes uh, closing the game out. What I'm really interested in, BK, is that if they have a closing situation tonight, Alex Reyes back-to-back. What's that look like? Is he sharp? How does he feel healthy? How do you bounce back? And, you know, normally a manager during batting practice will kind of walk around during BP and the relievers are shagging and playing some catch just to see how they feel. And that's when they get their their tell. You know, they they talk to a guy and say, hey, man, how do you feel? You, you good to go? You, you ready to roll? And most times guys, whether they're not ready to roll or not, will say, oh, yeah, I feel great. But they got to be careful. You know, with Jordan Hicks and with Reyes, and I'm not saying you, Ray or uh, Hicks more so than Reyes. I mean, Reyes is far removed from where he was, but I still he's such a special talent. You're careful, Hicks. I think you take that out of the equation. His deciding whether or not he's ready to pitch, 
But I am interested as we go forward in these back-to-backs or three out of five, four out of seven, those kind of things for specifically those two guys. Can I make a prediction for yeah. if there's a closing situation tonight? Alex Ray. He goes to, I think he's to Andrew Miller. I don't think I don't think they'll go back to back with Alex Reyes yet. I think they want to. I think they want to slow play this thing with him. I think that's part of why you're seeing him in a quote unquote closer role as opposed to the multi innings early. I think they want to see him, and this is all speculation by me, but I think that they would like to see him get his sea legs under him, stay healthy for a month or so. And then as we get into this season, let's see where things take us with the closer role, back to backs, multi innings. They'll see where it goes from here. But I. If I had to guess tonight, I bet you you would see Andrew Miller in the closing situation. I'm going Alex Reyes. I think they would go back to him. 13 pitches, look sharp. And I understand your thought process, and it makes all the sense in the world. I, I just think that they, at some point, not to take the training wheels off, the kids' gloves that you deal, I, I get all that. But I sure. think with Hicks, it's different. Don't even give it the, the, the thought. Like, you're out. But I think, Reyes, you could do it. And I think that's maybe the direction that they would go. I think eventually you're going to have to, right? Oh, so whether sure. it be the first week of the season or as we get three weeks in, I mean, you only have so many arms to be able to use out in your bullpen. And especially, like, if you end up getting, let's say Gant goes four innings, which is totally in play tonight. That's a possibility for the Cardinals. If he goes four you're getting into that underbelly of the bullpen again, and you're going to almost need to have Alex Reyes throw at some point in this game. So I get where you're coming from. I just knowing what we know about the way that they are utilizing him this year and why they're utilizing him this way. It makes me wonder. It's going to be a really interesting game either way to see that they listen to their actions, not their words sometimes. And what you're going to see tonight is one of the most important actions with how they view Alex Reyes early in the season. And they know they got some weapons in that pen. The six, seven innings are, are big parts of ball games, you know, and, and a guy that can come in and I'm not saying Jordan will be relegated to that, but you know, it's a good spot um, where a guy can come in and like I said, get that ground ball, get that punch out and get you out of, you know, softer contact, get you out of a jam, you know, keep that lead going and, and maybe go back out for that seventh as he starts to build up. And then as he progresses, um, based on the day, sure, he can absolutely with that kind of stuff go get the eighth and clearly get the ninth as well. So they're nice, nice assets to have, weapons to use. By the way, I've always said that, and especially in the last four or five years, and analytics such a, a huge part of the game, and looking at when a game is won or lost, I've always felt like you have to get to the ninth to create the save opportunity, meaning that you're winning. I've always felt like if you had three, four, and five coming up, I'll look at it from the Cardinals' perspective. If I had, if I'm Don Mattingly or um, David Bell, I don't care, any opposing manager, and I got a one run lead and we're in the seventh inning, and I know I got Amir Garrett, who is technically maybe my closer, or last year, Rysel Iglesias and Goldschmidt, Arenado, DeYoung are coming up in a one run lead in the seventh. I'm using Amir Garrett there. I, and last night we saw, because of a byproduct of a guy coming back from injury, Jordan Hicks not as your quote-unquote closer. But I'm a big believer that if I'm trying to win the game, the game is won or lost right here. Not necessarily in the ninth. It's getting won or lost in the seventh inning, the sixth inning, maybe the eighth inning. And I'm going with my best against their best instead of waiting to give them my best, who could be seeing the bottom of the lineup. But because it's baseball and it's a save situation, and I understand guys are paid on saves too. There's a the business side of it. But I'm saying purely baseball, 
I'm throwing my best against that guy. And that's what the Cardinals may have the luxury of this year with Jordan Hicks. Absolutely. And we do something on BK and Ferrario where we go through the circle of trust for the Cardinals uh, bullpen guys, right? So the three guys that have already made their way into the circle of trust early this season are Gallegos, Reyes, and Webb. I think that we're going to potentially have to update this today because Jordan Hicks, with the way that he's looked early in the season, has is starting to work his way into that circle of trust yeah. where when he comes into the game, I feel really good about what's going to take place for the Cardinals. And so I'm with you, Dan, whether I do agree, I do believe that the final three outs are different. They are. And it's hard to get those three outs. So you've got to have somebody that is also capable of that. But this is one of the benefits of what you just heard from Mike Schilt. They have multiple guys that you really do trust back at the back end of the bullpen. So Jordan Hicks or Alex Reyes or Gallegos or Webb, whoever it is in that situation, they can come in for that big spot against the heart of the order. And I've also got somebody still available to be able to shut down the back end for me. So with you, uh, I've always felt the final three outs are different than the other outs that you have to get. But I've always said this. Don't we have to get to a safe situation yes. first? And that means shutting down the opposition in the sixth, the seventh and the eighth when the game is on the line. Now, somebody that you know, also could maybe get some closing opportunities. But to your point, he's been used in multi-inning situations, Giovanni Gallegos. Got multiple weapons. You know, you saw a really dirty changeup to go with a really filthy slider and a fastball that's got a lot of life at the top. So, you know, he's adding that changeup to third nasty weapon that already has um, got two-plus pitches. So, and he's got a great demeanor about him, and he's good against righties and lefties. So, you know, Gio's a, a, a you know bit of valuable piece for us in the bullpen. Did a great job again tonight. And the games that we did in spring training, by the way, Gallegos didn't look very good. Until the very end. Yeah, his command wasn't very good, which is not uh, usually what you talk about with Gallegos. He may get hit here and there, but walks or, you know, not even be around the strike zone, that's not him. And I thought he was filthy, as Mike said last night. Here's my concern, though, BK. So we're only with four... Well, hold on now. Okay. We're, we're only four. Big picture here. Now, this is across the board, though, in Major League Baseball, but we're only four games in. I'm going to focus on the Cardinals. These starters aren't going deep. Over 162 games, this formula ain't going to work because guys are going to get worn out. They're going to be done by the All-Star break. So that's something to keep in mind. That's why today is a big day for the Cardinals. KK is going to throw down in Jupiter. He's going to have a simulated game. They're hoping that he's back in the rotation maybe next week in St. Louis. We don't know about Michaelis. But if you get those two guys back and you can put two others in the bullpen that are stretched out, now if your starters don't go very deep, you're okay. But the current situation of the first time through with this rotation, that's going to be tough to keep up for 162. Yeah, imagine if instead of Jake Woodford as your long man right now, you've got Daniel Ponce de Leon right. in that role. And instead of maybe Ryan Helsley being in your bullpen right now, okay, well, that's where John Gant's role is in your bullpen. Now I feel much better, and if I need to bridge that gap if KK goes short in a game or if Michaelis when he's returning is only going three or four innings well now I feel really good because I've got John Gant there available to get me to the sixth and that'll bridge the gap to the back end guys that we're talking about once they get healthy if and when then I start feeling really good about where they are as a staff as a whole for the here and now it's really about can you get through the next week or two and if you can do that and you feel like you're intact and everybody's healthy good to go then I start feeling a lot better with where they're at. Got to have a right fielder give me a hit, too. We got four games, and uh, Williams 0 for 9. Last night, Dean was uh, 0 for. He's 0 for 6 on the season. Carlson, after a big, booming home run in the first at bat, he's been quiet. Uh, O'Neal's been fine. I'm fine with what I'm seeing out of Tyler O'Neal, but... 
Got to see a little production out of these guys, too. Need to get cut down on the strikeouts a little bit with yeah. O'Neal, but, I mean, that's we know this is something that you You're sign up it. with. With Tyler O'Neill, there's going to be prolonged periods where he's striking out 50% of the time that he's going up to the plate, and you live with it as long as you're getting the power. He's showing some of that. I'll deal with that. Carlson, I think his his approach has been pretty good. I mean, even last night, I heard Jimmy saying afterwards, oh, that one hurt with the what should have probably been close to a double down the line. He looks good at the plate. He looks comfortable. It's the right fielders. Austin Dean doesn't look super comfortable right now. Justin Williams, since that first game where I thought he actually he looked pretty good, even though he was 0 for 4, everything was in play. He's looked lost at the plate the last couple of days. I am very curious to see what the leash looks like with those guys because I'm getting close to maybe probably not in this Miami series. Let's see at least another couple of games, maybe even into the Milwaukee series. You're going to come a point in time here if they continue going over. I kind of like to see Lane Thomas get his opportunity come on up. And if not him, well, then let's see what Nagowski looks like in left. I can't and believe he didn't go over to... Tyler O'Neill to right. I can't believe this is a. Uh... Mark this down. It's April 6th at 1031. You didn't bring up Nagowski as your first option. That's amazing. Well, I know the this team. This is a growth period. The team doesn't <laughs> want to play him out there, so I have to be at least somewhat realistic. He's he's a pinch hitter, and I'll live with it. I think he should get an opportunity outfield, whatever. Lane Thomas deserves an opportunity if these guys continue to fail. I know he was not good in spring, but he was the guy that I thought maybe would be the favorite to get one of those jobs. And now he's on the taxi squad. So I, I'm interested in seeing him if they continue going over over the next few games. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Great to have the chance to visit with Dave Schoenfield. He is the senior writer, or one of them, for ESPN.com, covers Major League Baseball. And Dave, before we get going on baseball, I got to tell you, I steal a lot of your material for my broadcast on the Cardinals. So thank you very, very much. I appreciate that. Well, I'm glad I make your job at least a little bit easier. <laughs> it does. It's it's awesome stuff. I love how you dive into the numbers and you pick up on a lot of things that we miss uh, throughout the game. So I, I kind of want to jump around here. Dan McLaughlin with uh, BK, Brandon Kiley here on 101 ESPN. And I'll start with, to me, the biggest news in the game, and that's Tatis getting hurt last night. You, you hold your breath, man. You you just hope he's okay. What are your your thoughts on Tatis with the contract, the shoulder, and what's going on right now with San Diego? Yeah, it didn't look good, and you know we won't speculate on how long he's going to be out, but he's certainly going to miss some time. Yeah, look, the contract, we were all happy, right? A small market team signs this superstar player, a kid who has the potential to be the best player in the game, but I think at the same time, in the back of our minds, we were all uh, worried about the injury history. He had, I think, a broken hand in the minors, and then he had the back problem as a rookie, and now you know this this shoulder issue that, that you know it, it, apparently has bothered him throughout his whole career, off and on. And then he you know had the what separation last night. So yeah, you worry what if this is just going to be a fragile player, another Troy Tulowitzki who's just going to have trouble staying healthy. Let's hope not because. He's basically the most dynamic player I think I've ever seen. You know, power, speed, he can do it all. So let's just hope this is a temporary setback and he's back on the field at some point. David, I wanted to ask you about the guy that kind of took center stage on Sunday night, and that's Shoei Otani. Now, we saw early on in that game everything that we've been waiting for, the power, the velocity. It was all clicking, and then, of course, he leaves with the injury. 
he ended up coming back into the game last night in an opportunity. So we, we know he's relatively healthy. What are you seeing from him so far this year? And are we finally going to be able to see, in your opinion, the full Shohei Otani experience this year? Well, I like that Joe Madden and the Angels are finally like, we're taking the gloves off. Go out there, play baseball. You're going to pitch, and yeah, you can hit. Hey, NL pitchers do this all the time, right? Let's not act like this is reinventing the wheel by letting him hit when he pitches. Look, I have doubts whether the pitching end of things is ever going to come together. Look, we saw the stuff, right? 101.1, I think, was the fastest pitch he threw Sunday. But the command, especially since he had the Tommy John surgery, hasn't been there. Would he end up walking five guys? You know, the breaking stuff, he has trouble throwing for strikes. The splitter is good, but he's got to command his other pitches to get to the splitter. It's Look, there's a reason nobody has done this since Babe Ruth. It's really, really hard. Baseball is really hard. So to ask a guy to do both, I just, I want it to work out like all of us. I just have my doubts. But, you know, let's hey, let's get let's see what happens. Hopefully it works out. What do you think about what happened last night late on the West Coast with uh, all the trash cans, the talk and the inflatable trash can being thrown out onto the field <laughs> with the Astros and the Angels? I mean, this is not going to go away this year, is it? No, I would have expected the trash can uh, from Oakland fans who maybe are a little more notorious than like those softies down in Orange County. Uh, So I wouldn't have expected that from Angels fans. But yeah, you're right. It's going to go on all year. It doesn't seem to have affected the Astros, you know, so far they're off to a good start. Um, You know, and look, this is part of the fun of going to a baseball game, right, is cheering the opposing team. As Reggie Jackson once said, though, they don't boo nobodies. So uh, the Astros, they're at this point because they've been a a good team for a long time. Hey, David, the the Cardinals right now are playing the Miami Marlins in this series. And I know earlier today you wrote a great piece over on ESPN.com about the factors that are going to decide that brutal NL East this year. It's pretty wild. The Phillies are actually in first place right now at 4-0. The Braves are winless. They got swept in that opening series by the Phillies. Who do you like in that division? I know we haven't seen the Nationals yet, and the Mets have just played one game because of that opening series being canceled, or I guess postponed. Who do you like in this division this year? Yeah, I picked the Mets, although I think I might want to change my vote, (laughs) my selection there. I mean, look, my number one item in that article was the bullpens because all five of these teams have issues and questions with their bullpens. The Mets, you know, what was it? Two nothing last night. And they gave up five runs in the bottom of the eighth to lose that game. Uh, you know, and you can go team by team, you know, just, you know, who's the closer. Do they have the depth? Um, so the bullpens are going to be a huge, huge issue in that division, but the Mets, I, I like the rotation. I love their offense. They do have concerns with, with their defense, you know, although obviously Francisco Lindor is going to be a big upgrade there. But, yeah, the bullpens, I think, are going to decide that division. What do you think about Tony La Russa back in the dugout with the White Sox and what you've seen so far? Yeah, you know, you're hearing when, when that announcement was first made, like everybody else, a lot of concerns, right? Just, you know, you can't ignore the age gap. He's 76. Um, but you're hearing all kinds of positive words coming from White Sox players. And I know that's to be expected. What are they going to say? But look, 
you know, he's earned their respect. You know, everything you've heard is when he got hired, it wasn't about me. He went to the players, reached out, you know, what can I do to, you know, build a good clubhouse, build leadership from within, you know, look, this guy knows what he's doing. He's a hall of famer, obviously. So my concerns aren't, aren't as, as strong as they were initially. I, I don't think it's going to be a big problem. Do you see any trends early on with baseball coming off a truncated season? Now, I realize we're four or five games in, but here in St. Louis, for instance, haven't seen starters go deep. So that maybe is something right. we're going to watch. Is there anything that you're seeing so far in Major League Baseball? Yeah, that's certainly the case. Last night, for example, Jacob DeGrom, six shutout innings, pulled after just 77 pitches. I know it's just the first start, but that felt a little short. Certainly seemed like he could have gone one more inning. But yeah, across the sport managers early on are certainly defaulting to, oh, let me take the starter out an inning too early rather than trying to push him up to you know 95 pitches or whatever. But this is, I think, going to be something that, goes on all year and it's going to be a huge factor how many innings are you going to get from the starters because you know that means you got to use your bullpens more and most teams don't have eight or nine good relievers down there so you're going to have a lot of crucial innings going to your you know five six seven relievers you know the guys you don't necessarily trust all that much so It'll be interesting to see how all that plays out. David Schoenfield of ESPN.com joining us here on 101 ESPN. David, I did want to ask you about the big story that came out locally yesterday, and that is Nick Castellanos getting suspended two games for the benches clearing incident that took place over the weekend against the Cardinals. I I know it wasn't a popular sentiment here in St. Louis, but I didn't think that he should have been suspended two games for what happened there. What did you think about the incident itself and then Major League Baseball's response with the two-game suspension for Castellanos? Yeah, based on, you know, past suspensions, two games was a little surprising. You know, it was a I would call it a pretty friendly <laughs> benches clearing uh, incident, you know, in the end, you know, a few words, but there was no, you know, brawl or anything like that. As far as the incident, look, not to excuse anybody's behavior, but we forget, you know, these are guys that are in a competitive game full of testosterone. Sometimes their emotions, you know, get the better of them. And as long as it doesn't, you know, crash over to an all out brawl and fights that, that we obviously need to avoid, you know? So, okay. He slid into home. He did his muscle man pose, you know, is that really worth a suspension? I don't think so. No, we're on the same page there. Hey, David, before we get you out of here, I'd be remiss if we didn't ask you about your early impressions of this Cardinals team as well. What have you seen from them so far? Uh, What's impressed you and what's maybe uh, setting off some alarm bells for you thus far? Well, too early to obviously make any rash judgments. You know, I think we just talked about the bullpens in the NL East. If there's one reason to pick the Cardinals, I think, in the Central, it is that bullpen. I guess if Alex Reyes is the closer, you know, obviously, you know, can he stay healthy? Can he throw enough strikes? If he locks that job down, really good bullpen. I think the concern is probably, you guys would agree with what's Carlos Martinez, you know, I mean, he really, his last good year as a starter was what, 2017. I know he was kind of inconsistent in spring training. I don't think he was great in his first start. So, you know, with the questions in that rotation, what are you going to get out of Carlos Martinez? Cause if they can find that guy who was an all-star, that's, that's obviously huge. 
Well, you sound like you should be hosting this show or a fan calling in. So that's what we talk about every day, too. So you're, you're right on point with that. There's no doubt. Hey, David, thanks for doing this. We appreciate it. Love your work, and I'm, I'm going to probably steal some for tonight. So thanks again. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. You got it. That's uh, Dave Schoenfield from ESPN. Really does a great job covering the sport. You know, he, he mentioned Jacob deGrom, and I was watching uh, a replay of that game last night. So 77 pitches. You're, you're sick, man. I, I, just, <laughs> I, I love baseball. I can't help Dan it. Dan got home from the Cardinals game, calling a baseball game himself. And he was like, yeah, let's go ahead and replay through this other game that's on right now. And then flipped over later to make sure that he watched the Astros game. Yeah. He was checking out the Padres a little bit, a little West Coast baseball. You're sick, man. Absolutely sick. So I love it when DeGrom is on. Okay, because watching him pitch is a treat. But how about this? So this is now 33. Think about this. 33 no decisions since the beginning of 2018. His ERA in those games is 1.76, 11 blown leads, 11. So in all, the Mets are 36 and 41 when he's in those games since 2018. Now, I understand he's probably winning Cy Young's because you're not looking at wins and losses, and there's other ways to tell how great a pitcher is, and he is great. Don't get me wrong. He's incredible. But think about that. If they could just close some games out or just give him any kind of run support, that's the other thing. He gets no run support. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Dan, Jason Stark posted this earlier today. I was wondering if you were going to give this stat as well. DeGrom has a 2.58 ERA in games he has not won. It's incredible. Garrett Cole has a 2.6 game or 2.6 ERA in all of his games. Yes. DeGrom in games that he loses or gets a no decision is better than Garrett Cole, period. That's wild, man. That's in his worst games. I've never seen anything like it. He d- he, no run support, blown saves, ERA is 1.76. He's unbelievable. He is. And last night, 102 miles an hour yep. on the gun. I mean, it's it's just ridiculous what he's able to do. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. First time through the rotation, and it finishes with John Gann tonight. You can see the game on Valley Sports Midwest. Five o'clock with the uh, pregame. I'll be with the Cardinals Hall of Famer, Jim Edmonds. So looking forward to that. How good is Jimmy, by the way, when he great. starts diving into telling you what's going on with a hitter? He is He's a savant, man. He's a baseball savant. He's picking up things that the normal fan just doesn't see. I loved hear- hearing him break down, especially Dylan Carlson's swing yeah. last night. Um, he made me very happy when he mentioned on the broadcast with you that John Nagowski, Tony oh LaRusso. I thought of you immediately. Tony LaRusso would have found a way to put him into <laughs> every game. I was like, yes, keep going, Jim. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> so that was great. He's, he's awesome on these ones. And Dan, you got a fun one tonight. Sandy Alcantara yeah. on the mound for the Marlins as well. He's their ace. He's really good. And, you know, he controls the strike zone now, which when he first came up with the Cardinals, he was hitting triple digits. Kind of was going everywhere and now has figured things out. So looking forward to that. John Gant, let's see how deep he can go into this game. So looking forward to see what John Gant uh, has in store for us tonight. Game two of that series. You have Alex Ferrario coming up. And uh, I'm sure you guys want to dive into a little hockey. Oh, boy. We're going to get started with that, Dan, because I was hesitant to hit the panic button because, you know, this team has come back from much worse. I've I've heard this story. I believe they're going to make it into a movie eventually 
of a, a team that was at the bottom of the standings uh-huh. when the turn of the year happened. Is that it was right? In January. They were the worst team in all, all of hockey. They went on, Dan, listen to this. They won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. They no got a kidding. new goalie. They got a new coach. Everything turned around. The Amazing. veteran leadership came together. They won a cup. I don't think that's going to happen this time around. <laughs> so I was hesitant to hit the panic button. I think it's time to do so. We'll do that opening things up. We've got Jeremy Rutherford coming up at 1215. And David Sampson, the former Marlins team president, will join the show coming up at 130. You've been listening to The Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.